Welcome to Journal Talk, a weekly podcast about journal writing for passion, clarity, and purpose. Passion. Reignite that passion for the things and people you care about most. Clarity. Discover who you are and what you really want. Purpose. Get to the heart of life's issues to remember your divine purpose. And now, here's your host of Journal Talk, Nathan Oren. Hello and welcome to episode number 50 of Journal Talk. (laughs) This is the weekly podcast featuring tips, tools, and techniques to inspire your best journal writing. Wow, 50 episodes. And, you know, I want to start this episode with a little story. Just the other day, it happened that I was rushing hard. I was really rushing, racing to get to my yoga class on time. Now, For anyone who does yoga, and I'm just brand new at it myself, I've been going about twice a week since the start of 2015, but anyone who does yoga knows that's never a start, a good start to any story, that you're rushing to get there on time. This can't be a good story. This is going to end up in some kind of calamity or maybe a profound realization or both. Because as you know, you know, going to yoga, it's all about relaxing and taking the time to be with yourself and hurrying up so that you can relax is just one of those sort of oxymoron things. The problem is that I go really early in the morning because I work during the day. And so, you know, I got to get up really early to make it all happen. And the doors close. Like when they start the yoga class, they don't want people coming in and out. It's very disruptive to the yoga practice. And so the instructor will close the door and make sure nobody enters. And and yet there's so much to do to get ready. I mean, you got to set out your mat. And I go to the Bikram yoga where it gets very, it's in a very hot room. It's 104 degrees and it's like a sauna. They have the humidifier going. So it's very wet, humid and, and hot. And you got to get comfortable. It takes a few minutes to get in there. You got to get your water bottles, you know, set aside nicely. People sweat like crazy. So there's multiple towels to bring with you, a change of clothes when you're all done so that you can get to work without looking like a sopping wet (laughs) fish. Like I said, I've been doing this for just a short time. I'm just starting to get into a rhythm. And I had made the mistake of planning a telephone call just before the yoga class thinking, you know, I could squeeze in a a, a journal talk recording before I go to yoga. And, you know, I hadn't really prepared the night before. You're supposed to eat sort of a light dinner and stay really hydrated because, hey, you're going to sweat a lot. And what ended up happening is, you know, I I got up early and I started chasing my tail and I tried to take care of everything. And and I, I scrambled, you know, to leave my house with the water bottles, grabbing my towels. I didn't have much to eat for breakfast. You can't go on an empty stomach. I scarfed down some leftover pizza and I got to the yoga studio just moments before they started. And I rushed into the room and just as the instructor was entering, I, I made, I had my mat down and ready to go. So it felt like, you know, huh, phew, I made it on time, but I didn't give myself any time to acclimate to this hot, steamy room. And in just the initial warm up exercises, I started to feel a little queasy. And about 
10 minutes into it, there's some warm-up stretches that you do. I, I wasn't feeling good at all. My head was spinning. I had that sort of lightheaded, dizzy kind of feeling. And they say, you know, for beginners, anyone who's done, especially the Bikram yoga is considered, I think, sort of an advanced modality of yoga because of all the, you know, this the added pressure of all the heat and all of that. I, I kind of enjoy it when I'm prepared for it. But, you know, they say for beginners, it's okay just to go back into uh, Savasana pose, which is the easiest yoga pose. You basically just lay down on your back and you relax your whole body. You stay aware of your breath and you can just stay there as long as you need to. And I did do that for a while because I could tell I felt like I was going to pass out. The problem is every time I got back up again to rejoin the class, I felt like I was going to black out. I just got a really light head. And to make matters worse, because I was so late, the only place that was available for me to put my mat down was at the very front of the room, right next to the mirror. And so in my mind, I'm imagining that everybody's able to watch me. And I know, you know, it's probably not true. It, when people go to yoga, they're probably just focused on them and what their stuff is all about. But I, I'm still, I'm, tr I'm managing, you know, trying to tune out all that distraction and it's a lot of extra work to concentrate on just me and looking at myself in the mirror right in front and in front of the classroom with all these other people. You know, it was only five or ten minutes more of this, and I finally decided I had to step out of the room. I, I, I couldn't continue. I felt like I was going to pass out, and I just was not focused. And, you know, I waited for the right break in between postures, and I very quietly left the room. But I was so disappointed. And I was disappointed in myself. I mean, what was I thinking? You can't just rush into yoga. And I, and I realized I should have eaten, you know, a smaller meal the night before instead of a big meal. And I, I definitely should not have gobbled down a slice of pizza on the way, you know, that early in the morning on an empty stomach. I needed to hydrate. I needed to really go into it with a much greater intention of being relaxed, of being still, of being peaceful, being ready, being mindful, being mindful of my body. And so what I did was I, you know, I just went into the locker room and I showered off and I got dressed and I decided, you know, I'll just come back at it another day. But it's interesting, you know, those shower moments people have, insights. And while I was in the shower, it really hit me, you know, Nathan, you can't just waltz in and expect to practice yoga at my very best, you know, in, a, in an instant like that. You know, you can't just turn it on. The time for me to really start my yoga practice was this morning when I woke up so that I could be more mindful about getting the food I need and plenty of water into my body in advance, you know. And even then, I, I shouldn't have scheduled the phone call just minutes before. Uh, that that was crazy. And, and, and so then I realized, no, you know, Nathan, actually, the best time for me to start my yoga practice is the night before my yoga class, because then I would have set out my mat. I would have prepared my water bottles. I would have thought about what I was going to eat and made room for the right choices. And I would have rescheduled my phone call and everything would have been all right. And I sat with that, and by the time I got out of the shower and I'm getting dressed, and I thought to myself, no, Nathan, actually, you shouldn't wait 
until tonight to start your yoga practice for tomorrow, there are things that I can do even today to prepare for tonight. So really, the best time to start my yoga practice is right now. And this was really clear to me because I, you know, I'm, I'm aware enough to realize that, you know, I, I understand yoga is not just about stretching and sweating and breathing and trying to balance while you're tangled in these bizarre postures. You know, it's about being with yourself. It's about strengthening your core. It's about learning what you can do and noticing what you're thinking. You know, that 90 minutes, that you're in that room and doing all those things and following all those instructions, it's not just a test of my stamina, it's an exercise in being more fully human. And if I want to get the most out of it, if I really want things to go smoothly for that yoga class, then I can be caring for my mind and my body and my spirit right now. And so as I'm driving away from the yoga studio and I'm headed back to work, I hear myself asking myself this question. What could I do right now to be sure that my next yoga routine is going to be the best it can? And as soon as I, as soon, it's like, as soon as I heard myself think that thought and I realized, wow, this is the key to living a life of mindfulness. You know, just being able to ask myself at every moment that I can, who am I being right now? to support me in what I want. Who am I being right now? What can I do right now? Who am I right now to support myself in what I want? And if we could just be that mindful. So, you know, naturally, <laughs> I start thinking about all the ways how, you know, this so closely relates to journal writing. And there's such a brilliance in, in taking those moments in, in your writing to just be here now and tend to whatever needs my attention. Just notice what's going on. Who am I? Where am I? What can I do to give myself the attention that I need or deserve to bring out whatever part of me needs, you know, to be brought out? And you know what? This subject honestly could not have come up for me at a better time because it is episode number 50, people. <laughs> episode 50. Can you believe that that we've done 50 episodes together. This is the perfect time to pause from my normal format and just appreciate, you know, where we've been and where we're going with journal talk. So I just want to have one of those fireside chat type of episodes. There's no guest this time. It's just you and me. We don't have any other experts in the room to, you know, give us a, a jolt of journal juice. We're just talking about mindfulness and why are we doing all of this? I mean, really, I'd like to know, actually, why do you listen to Journal Talk? I, I, I'm going to have to send out a survey, a really short, brief little survey or something. Promise me you'll, you'll take my three-question survey. You know, just the same way that yoga is not really about contorting your body in these strange poses, journal writing isn't really just about putting words together. And I'd like to dive into that a little deeper and share some notes that I took after that failed yoga session, <laughs> which turned out to be a, actually a very successful, insightful yoga session after all, because it led to such a great discovery about who I am, who I want to be. And it might seem 
Like, this is the first episode of Journal Talk that isn't really all about journal writing, but it is. I mean, it's just that I'm trying to get just a little bit beneath it and take a look at it from a new angle. You know, for the past two years on this program, I've been talking all about journal writing, and I've tried to bring, you know, the best resources that I can find and share, you know, the best tips, the best ideas, you know, that I could. And I, and I still have a lot more I want to share about it. Trust me, I still think that journal writing is the number one most effective way to achieve long-lasting results in any area of your life that you want to focus on. I still have a lot to talk about. But, you know, taking a look at all the, the past two years and then also looking forward where I want to go from this, I, I've taken inventory of some of the accomplishments that I've made over these past two years you know, with Journal Talk. Number one, the obvious, I have a whole library of episodes right here at writeforlife.us. And and it's not just Journal Talk. It's 50, 50 episodes of Journal Talk plus I think there's 34 episodes. It might be, it might be up to 36, 36 episodes of Journal Talk Q&A, the question answer one. So really we're getting close to like, we're in our, in our eighties. We're getting, we're very close to a hundred episodes. And by the way, I said writeforlife.us, but coming soon, another accomplishment that I haven't even announced yet is I finally got the rights to www.writeforlife.com. So I'm really excited about that. That's coming soon. Another thing, I've connected with all kinds of people all over the world, journaling advocates across the globe who share this passion with me. And I've maintained these friendships with good people, a good number of good people through Facebook and, and other social channels. I'm just really pleased with that. I was nominated uh, for the ninth annual People's Choice Podcast of the Year Award, and I got a chance to meet people who do amazing podcasts and all other kinds of subjects. You know, I took over the easyjournaling.com site and I've been managing the content over there for the past year. I've updated and improved on all the tools that Sam Lytle started with and I've been working with uh, app developers and rating the best journaling apps that are available for people. So there's that whole electronic side. And speaking of that, I created the 30-day digital journaling challenge for people who want to try typing their thoughts and see if they still get, you know, great benefits of keeping a journal through the keyboard. I helped develop the Looking Back, Looking Forward journaling kit. I was in charge of the entire 30-day challenge component of the Looking Back, Looking Forward journaling kit, and that was a partnership with uh, Ruth Follett from the International Association for Journal Writing. I also took the full series of intensive journal workshops developed by Dr. Ira Progoff, who is the late grandfather of therapeutic writing and just really learned a lot from those methods. I also, during this past two years, earned my journal instructor certification with the Center for Journal Therapy. And I've been teaching Journal to the Self workshops ever since then and, and uh, really excited to, to keep that going. I've been developing my own workshops and trainings to help people get started and stay started with any life habit, including journal writing. And I wrote the workbook called The Journal Writer's Guide to Staying Started, which is now available on Amazon.com. That's the first book I've ever actually published somewhere and had available for sale. So I was really proud of that. I developed a whole course 
and I've been leading telephone workshops on dream journaling to help people tap into their dreams and, and discover hidden meanings that their subconscious is sharing with them, learning how to befriend and learn from the images that come to them at night. Anyway, I've set up several affiliate relationships with uh, people and businesses that I really trust and I feel good about. You'll hear a lot, uh, you've heard already, a frame of mind coaching in Toronto and many, many others. I, I finally wrote out, this is interesting, this is almost, this is half business, half personal. I finally wrote out the first draft of my novel, which tells the story of my growing up and coming out and, and how journal writing literally saved my life. And I'm working with an editor right now to comb through all that material and make it into something that I can publish. So there's been a lot. This road has been huge. There's been a lot going on. And, you know, I ask myself, what's next? And I'm kind of taking this step back and I'm looking at all this and wondering, you know, where where do I want to go from here? What am I really doing with all this? What's under the surface of all of these things? You know, from the surface level, it looks a lot like, you know, I've been inviting everybody to fervently write away, you know, in your journals, write, 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 write. And it might look like all I care about is whether you're writing or not. And and from the content of these podcasts, you can tell. I really do. I, I even have the phrase at the end of, you know, my little tagline, keep on writing. But I just you know, the closer I look, the more I realize that I'm, I'm not really interested in what pens you use or whether you type it or handwrite it or whether you save your journals or throw them away. You know, all of that is great conversation to talk about the real work that's going on, which is personal growth and development. You know, it's, I've been using journal writing as a soapbox for spreading the message that I really care about, the messages, really. I mean, the things that I really are, I'm trying to share with journal writing is the need to get real with yourself, you know, to look honestly at yourself, the need to reach for your higher goals. Don't be afraid of them. Reach out for them. Enjoy your life more. You know, find out what you're passionate about and, and take action for it. Align your, your actions with your purpose or your purposes, you know, align yourself with what you feel called to and so on and so on. These are the things, you know, I'm not really selling journal writing. And, I, and I've kind of known this for a little while already because you hear me every episode. You know, I'm really selling passion, clarity and purpose. You know, that those three things really bring it together for me. And what does that look like? You know, what, what does it look like to have passion, clarity and purpose? You know, what I, what I think of, you know, I, what I'm wanting is for people to be their own life guru. You know, I want them to live their lives both passionately, joyfully, you know, you know, with fun, amusement, <laughs> enjoyment, and at the same time, productively, you know, like they're getting stuff done. They're doing what they were meant to do and they're, they're making the world a better place. So I want to invite you just for a moment. And take take just a, a second and bring to mind someone you know who is both of those things, who is living a life they enjoy and making a positive impact in some way on this planet. Think about it for a moment. Who is someone you know that is having fun and getting great 
stuff done? Who comes to mind for you? And look at the habits that that person has cultivated or those people. You know, there's so much that we can learn from these people. People who have learned how to be their own guru, who are living their lives both passionately and productively, are masters in getting clear about what matters most and putting top priorities first so that they can enjoy living from their values instead of living from emergencies. They've developed an intuitive guidance system that supports their joy as well as their work. They've developed the ability to stay focused on their goals without being a slave to their goals. They've accomplished these things, in my opinion, by becoming resourceful, figuring things out, sharing with other people gifts that contribute to their growth, and actively showing support of the things that they love. Who is this describing in your world? Who do you think of? I want to talk about these people for just a moment because I'm guessing that if you've been enjoying this podcast series, Journal Talk, then you probably know a few people like this and you admire them. Or you're becoming one of these people yourself or you're already one of them. And I'm willing to bet that people like this who live with a high degree of joy and a high degree of, I'll call it productivity, they're masters in getting clear about what matters most to them. They're the people who consistently put their top priorities first. And yet, they aren't spinning their wheels and spending a whole lot of time trying to figure out who to listen to or what they should focus on. They aren't investigating every shiny new thing that shows up like pop-up ads in their lives. They've got an internal system that they use to stay clear about their most important priorities, even if those things might change from time to time, because they sometimes do. In a world that's offering all kinds of solutions and, uh, you know, offer, special offers, free offer, <laughs> you know, competing for our attention, you know, try this class, go to this school, attend this church, or, you know, do this seminar. These people can stick to what's most important to them, even though they're barraged by all these other things, whether it be, you know, like I said, ads and, you know, it could be studies and statistics and information, options, cliches, whatever, you know, these people are able to make room in their lives to attend to the things that they've chosen that are important to them. And at the same time, you know, these aren't just, you know, completely business people. These are people who like, they're, they're not just serious business all the time. These, these are people who enjoy their lives. They enjoy living from their values instead of from emergencies or trivialities. You know, they're not rushing around trying to put out one fire after the next, just hopping from thing to thing you know, hoping that everything that, that they're doing is someday going to add up to something. These are not people who are begrudgingly, you know, grinding away at someone else's grindstone every night. In the words of Shakespeare, I thought of this quote, these are not people who grunt and sweat under a weary life. You know, these are people who have the ability to stay focused on goals, but without being slave to them. You know, if you, if you look at the people who are living passionately and productively you'll see they've developed this sort of intuitive, I'm calling it an intuitive guidance system that supports their joy as well as their work. 
You know, they might not always be wearing a smile all day long. I mean, come on, let's face it, we all have challenges, but there's a difference between having fun and being happy. And these self-made gurus are sometimes having fun, sometimes not. But because of the habits they've developed, they make sure to engage in the activities that they love to do. And overall, it makes them happy people. All right, I've taken this long journey in this episode here from the story of rushing into my yoga class and sharing the real reason I care so much about uh, journal writing. And now I'm describing these gurus of passion, clarity, and purpose. But trust me, it all it all somehow fits together. <laughs> what's happening, folks, is I'm being mindful of what I'm calling out for from myself. And I'm I'm also wondering who is out there, you know, who's listening to this and what are you calling for from yourself? And, you know, what do we have in common? What is all this journal writing? truly amount to if we aren't becoming more joyful more integrated people then then what's it for why do you listen to journal talk and the last thing and then i'll sort of wrap up i have an assignment i want to point out three things that i think make a huge difference in cultivating all these qualities that we've been talking about there's there's these three things by the way are things that i don't think get enough coverage in you know media and you know it, we don't hear about these these are not the obvious things that you might guess like you know wake up early every morning uh, you know use a smart time management system tell the people close to you that you love them you know all the stuff that we normally hear is pretty cliche by now these things that i'm going to share are way more subtle than that and, and i'm not even going to go into the virtues of journal writing right now because trust me i'm talking about something way more basic than that what's it all for and the type of people who have learned to live passionately and productively who hone in on what's important stay focused on their their values and their goals but still give attention to their passion and joy i believe that they have developed that inner guidance system with the help of three things and it's not these aren't things that come obvious but i think when i say them you'll agree number one is be resourceful and be willing to figure things out. And what I mean by that is, you know, they don't let inconveniences stop them from doing what they care about. You know, if they want to write a book and get it published, they figure out how to write a book and get it published instead of whimpering about how confusing it is to write a book and there's so many different ways to get it published. Like they don't get stuck there. They are resourceful. So number one is, you know, be resourceful and be willing to figure things out. Number two is share with other people gifts that contribute to their growth. People who live passionately and on purpose, whether they're introverts or extroverts, it doesn't matter. They're willing to contribute to the well-being of other people. They don't hide their tools in a tool shed somewhere. They share them and they enjoy sharing them it's like somebody who just had a great meal you know at a five-star restaurant or watched an amazing movie they they enjoy telling their friends about it and and it's and here's the thing it's not just sharing about movies and restaurant recommendations they specifically share the things that contribute to their family and their friends growth and happiness because they want to see 
others growing and succeeding. They want other people to become their own gurus. And this kind of sharing isn't just about swapping opinions about who played what in what movie and how well that, you know, the side dishes at that restaurant. It's about giving them a gift. So number two was share with other people gifts that contribute to their growth. And then thirdly, one that I thought of that isn't obvious is actively show support of the things that you love. Actively show support of the things that you love. I think this may be one that we sometimes hear about in different ways. You know, that it's like the expression, what we focus on grows or you know, the law of attraction. But what I, what I mean here is, you know, regarding people who live passionately and on purpose is they're active in their support. It's not like it's a passive thing. They don't just, they don't just wish that their favorite mom and pop bookstore down the street stays in business, even though Amazon.com carries every single book on their shelf and delivers it straight to the customer's front door. No, they don't just hope that you know that bookstore stays open they go to the bookstore and they buy things there they demonstrate their support of the things that they love by taking action so let me say these one more time because this i think these three qualities are really important number one be resourceful be willing to figure things out this is just beneath the surface of journal writing number two share with other people gifts that contribute to their growth and number three, actively show support of the things that we love. And I wonder, and I'm asking, what calls to you in all of this? What calls to you in all of this? And just so you know, you know, I don't have the usual journal writing assignment this week that I might normally have. I, I have a different assignment instead. But if, if you want a journaling prompt, in all of this, I, I would ask this. Okay, maybe I will do a journal writing assignment. <laughs> what am I present to right now? You know, speaking of mindfulness, what, what am I present to right now? Especially considering all the stuff that I've shared tonight, what, what has called your attention the most? And, you know, any journal writing assignment, you know, is, is, just be mindful of what's there for you right now for just a few minutes, take into account your life, what's what's going on. My, my intention tonight really with episode number 50 was to stir a little bit beneath the surface, to really dig just a little bit behind journal writing. And, you know, with the realization that the best time to start my yoga practice is right now, you know, be mindful of what my journal practice is all about and the best time to start those things right now. And I, I hope I've done all that and, and done it without sounding too goofy this week. <laughs> next week, next week we'll be back to normal. I'll have a normal guest on the program. We'll be back to our normal format. So, uh, please tune in. My assignment for you in this 50th episode is to tell your friends about journal talk. I'm asking really everyone listening to this episode to take some mindful action and spread this good work happening here. Let me give you some small examples of what I'm talking about. I don't ask for this often, hardly at all, really. But, you know, please leave a comment on my website. If you like any of what I'm talking about, if any of the things that, that come up in these episodes strike you as helpful or interesting, please leave a comment on my website. 
on iTunes, I really don't have that many ratings. You know, you get rated by how many ratings you have, how many stars. So please go into iTunes and give a five-star rating and be honest. Give an honest written review of this podcast. Also, please subscribe to Journal Talk is another um, actionable item that you can do. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't so that the episodes automatically show up in your smartphone or in your iTunes library. And then you can listen to these anytime, even if you're not online. It's not hard to do. And, you know, you can you can figure it out in uh, just a few steps. At worst case, emails me or somebody. They'll show you how to subscribe. It's not it's not hard. Another example would be, please share this podcast series with other people. Share with your friends or coworkers. Send them the link to my website. The link to this podcast directly on my website is www.write the number four life.us slash journal talk. And if you just share that link, share the series, tell people what you got out of it. You know, what I'm really asking everyone to do is just a little something to let me know that you're with me in this, that you that you want to help me reach more people. Sometimes podcasting is a lonely activity. You, you pour your heart and soul into making these quality episodes. I want every single one of them to have great content, actionable content with some humor and some fun. And I really like when they're, you know, educational and thought provoking. But a lot of times it, you know, it can feel like I'm talking into a dark room, you know, and I, I just don't know who's out there and, you know, what you're getting from all of this. So I, <laughs> I'm asking you to step forward, make it clear. If the work that I'm doing is helpful to you in any way, then please be generous with it and share it with other people. I'm not just looking for praise and, and you know, thank yous, adulation. I'm, I'm not looking for that. I really, uh, it is helpful for, to me to know if this is helpful to you, but the thanks is just sort of like the one part of it. Really, I want, if it is helpful, then help me spread it. Help me spread this around. You know, it's been two years. This in February will be two years of creating, you know, and keeping this podcast going. And you already know quite a lot about me. You know, even if this is your first episode, hey, I've been pretty open here. And there are tons of archives you can go and download. The whole library is still up on my website. I've put myself out there for two years. And I'm going to keep on doing that. I really believe in, in what I'm doing. In fact, I'm developing some new programs and some new courses uh, going to be coming out. And there's some brand new opportunities I'm still exploring. So I'm being mindful and I'm asking for your partnership in this. Subscribe, comment, share it pay it forward okay are you with me journal talk <laughs> are you with me journal talk all right that's it for episode number 50 have a great week everybody i look forward to hearing back from you to seeing posts on uh, on the site and to seeing this spread out in a whole new way for it to propel forward with with great velocity meanwhile as always be mindful of who you are and what you want and of course Keep on writing. This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life. 
a web resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journal writing. Find us online at www.writeforlife.us, spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number 4, L-I-F-E dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk. Da-da.